Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. How many of you guys have seen Three Amigos before? All right, this is classic um, movie expertise. If you have not seen a movie, a good movie in the last 10 years, please go home and see The Three Amigos. It is, uh, it is fantastic, an art piece. My kids know absolutely every ounce of dialogue. And uh, when we go places, they run through the Three Amigos uh, scene. But the reason I'm showing it here is because I think um, what he was doing with the little town of uh, Santa Poco, in a sense, is what's taking place here at New Beginnings. We are trying to gather together our skills and our abilities to face our El Guapo. <laughs> right? I was thinking about that. I don't, I don't really have an answer for our El Guapo. But I do think that we uh, spend some time thinking about our skills and abilities, because to do so means we begin to understand how our story shapes up. You recall this whole series is really designed to talk about um, a Discipleship 201 course. Who am I? What am I to do in the kingdom of God? 
In the first one, we talked about how God's story and what he's doing. And this one, we're talking about how does my story play out? What do I do? And so we've been talking things about our spiritual giftedness a couple weeks ago. We followed that up with a Wednesday night service where we sort of analyzed those spiritual gifts in one another. Last week, we took a look at our heart. And then this Wednesday, this past Wednesday, we talked about those things that are most pressing on our heart. Um, I know my group had a great conversation about um, how God is moving us and driving us and what draws us into ministry. Well, this morning we're going to be taking a look at abilities, our skills and abilities, um, to see how we shape up here at New Beginnings. And I think, uh, I think, although some of it may include sewing, I think we may have a little bit more going for us here at New Beginnings than they do um, in Santa Poco, which by the main means what? Little city or little town, Santa Poco. All right, so let's start with some uh, let's start with some myths about abilities. Um, some ability myths. Number one, people are not uh, excuse me. People are not born with skills. In other words, the the idea is that sometimes skills are simply something that we have developed over time. And hopefully by now, having seen The X Factor and having seen uh, American Idol and all these different shows out there, we can conclude there are some people that just seem to be born with some gifts. Some are born to be singers, some are born to be uh, dancers, some are born to be uh, great mathematicians, some are born to be, uh, who, who knows? Our abilities, though, are that which God has placed within us, Right? Um, we have them from birth. Now, they can be developed, they can be um, uh, discovered, but skills are something that God has placed within us that later come to fruition in our lives. They're different from spiritual gifts, which we'll talk about here in a second, but I think it's important that we recognize that we are fearfully and what? Wonderfully made. God has put us together in a certain way, and our skills and our abilities are a part of that. Here's another myth that comes up. Skills uh, that are learned have to be learned in the classroom. Um, the reason that this is, myth is important to talk about is because a lot of people feel, uh, or at least many people feel sometimes, that if they didn't find a, um, a great educational path, if they did not move into college or they did not go through the school, um, and they haven't learned something from a professor or a professional, that they don't really have a lot of skills to offer. And I would just be the first one to tell you that's just simply not true. Um, many people have lots of skills that they've honed and developed in the school of hard knocks, right? In the school of life, at their workplace, in their home, um, in the experiences of their life. So skills are not just such that um, we've received at higher education and, and places uh, like that. Everyone has skills. Uh, another myth that we need to talk about, that people are typically aware of their skills. I find this to be true sometimes. <laughs> um, believe it or not, a lot of people just don't know what they're good at yet. Um, and this is true not just for our young people coming up, that's also true for, uh, for lots of different people. Um, it's not true. You can teach old dogs what? New tricks. There are skills yet to be developed in all of our lives. And it's important that we are, are aware of these skills uh, and pay attention to them. Skills um, at work and skills in ministry are totally different. You, get, you, you really heard this a lot uh, 30, 40 years ago when there was a, a, a seems to be a, a really strong divide between the secular and the sacred. You guys ever heard those terms before? Um, this tendency to think of church and Sunday and Wednesday as 
sort of that's where our spiritual life is, but then there's our work life, then there's our hobbies, then there's our friendship life. Um, as if we can sort of, you know, um, basically compartmentalize everything. Um, this actually has a root specifically when it comes to work and the rise of the Industrial Revolution. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, when families worked together as a family economy, uh, dad and mom were both very much engaged in the moral upbringing of, of children and so on and so forth. Um, after the Industrial Revo uh, Revolution, uh, mom stayed home and took on the, uh, I guess, the, the major uh, load of moral and spiritual development. And dad did what? He went to work. So uh, it's interesting, during this period of time, uh, mothers were called the angels of the home. Um, dads were not, <laughs> uh, for a lot of different reasons. Because um, in the work environment, basically anything went. Your job was to bring as much bacon home as possible. And uh, that was your highest ethic, that was your highest goal. Um, as a result of that... Um, you multiply that, and I know we have uh, work ethics and we have human resources and all that now, um, but there's, there, there's still this tendency to think that my work life and my ministry life are separate. Like, these are two different spheres. And um, unfortunately, that's just, not, that's just not true. And one of the biggest drawbacks from that, of course, is the fact that if you think that way, you have taken yourself out of the most dominant mission field you're going to be in for the rest of your life. Most of us will work. <laughs> Not all of us are independently wealthy, right? Most of us go to work and have, have a work life to go to. If work life is off limits, where's our mission field? Where's our neighbor? Our neighbor's our coworker. Our neighbor's the people that we are trying to influence uh, for Christ, even on, uh, on the job in the workplace. Um, this idea of the separation of, of workplace and faith has major impacts on our ability to uh, use our abilities to glorify God. Another myth is most people only have a couple of skills. Actually, if you really reduce this um, uh, to just simple skill sets, people have anywhere between 500 to 700 skills. We don't think about it that much. That way, but if you were programming a robot to do what humans did, uh, there are a lot of skill sets that people have to have. 500 to 700 skill sets. Um, so everyone has them, there's lots of them, and our job is to make sure that we use them to glorify God and to make disciples. So these are some of the uh, ability myths that draw us away from using our abilities. Here are some, some things I think we need to really think about when it comes to our abilities. Number one, our abilities are not for us. They're not for you. Now, it's true we are trying to discern our part in the story, what our purpose is in God's story that he's telling. But saying that doesn't mean that we are trying to find out how to make our lives more fulfilling. Um, our purpose, our lives being fulfilling are a result of um, following God and living the way that God has called us to. It's not the end. It's the byproduct of a life lived faithfully with God. So our abilities are, are really not for ourselves. Uh, listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 7. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to what? Serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace. Another one of those graces there, uh, um, Roger. 
uh, in his various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Our abilities are, are not for us. They're given to us. But as in all things, we are to offer them to the service of others and to glorify God. That is a huge difference than your general life coach is going to tell you. Right? Your general life coach is going to tell you, if you find your abilities, hone them, you'll, feel a more, you'll live a more actualized life. They put you at the center of, of that. Christianity says, you know, again, self-fulfillment is a byproduct of, of following God and serving others. It's a a really big difference between that and Christianity. Abilities are not for us. Number two, abilities are not from you. Um, Now, while abilities are more uh, DNA-driven, in fact, that they they start within us, they're not like spiritual gifts given to us when we receive the Holy Spirit, um, but they're, they're born into us in the DNA, they still belong to God. They are still what God has offered our lives. Um. You know, uh, Proverbs says, man makes many plans, but it is God who establishes them. Uh, it says it here, too, in uh, Exodus 31, 1-5. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Baziel, son of Uriah, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of what? All kinds of skills to make... Artists designs for work in gold and silver and bronze to cut set stones to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of crafts. So God has given us these DNA uh, to, to do and to have certain skill sets and abilities. But, but even then, they are a product of what God has given us. Um, so abilities are not for us. They're not from us. And number three, abilities are not for later. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we spend a lot of time thinking about what we'll do one day. (laughs) What we'll do one day for the Lord. We'll get ready to begin to get ready to go and end up never doing anything, right? So it's very important that we understand our abilities. um, And even this shape process is something that needs to unfold and should be unfolding in our life as we speak. The whole idea of going through Discipleship 201 or even planning as a church is an idea is intent to be intentional, but it's not to hold us back to do good things until everything works out just right. Um, Especially when it comes to our spiritual gifts, especially when it comes to our spiritual abilities. Many of your spiritual abilities you're going to discover once you're on the field, right? Once you're actually serving God and serving others, uh, you're going to realize just how many skill sets you actually do have. And so abilities are not for later. They're for the here and now. The way the Bible gets around to urging us to, to understand that is by giving us a time frame. Uh, here are two time frames I think are very important for us. The first one's in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. This is the one that's supposed to make us guilty for not going to church. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider how we spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, what I want to focus on here isn't the fact that he's saying meet together. It's the idea that the time of the day approaching... <laughs> There's a time frame, right? In, uh, in making movies and make, making sitcoms, a real famous one is the, the sitcom 24. You guys have maybe seen that. Jack, was it Jack Bauer? 
and 24. If you have a story, it's fascinating. But if you want to add tension, if you want to add momentum, if you want to add some energy to it, slap a time clock on it. And all of a sudden, everything seems to be a little bit more important as you get things done. Well, I believe Paul, especially at the end of the first century, when it was clear, at least it seemed to be clear to him that this may be more of a marathon than a sprint, this thing called Christianity, uh, he, he made sure to ask people to see we're not promised tomorrow. That the good Lord is coming back one day. The good day of the Lord is approaching. Uh, again, in Peter, the end of all things is near. I think Peter was off on his prediction a little bit. But the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober mind so that you may pray. Right? The idea is there is a timeline. There is a sense of urgency. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do right here, right now. And that's including Discipleship 201. It's including the shape material and everything else. Don't wait till the end to see if you have this just perfect formula to put you in the ministry. Do something today. Do something now. Maybe four areas, or at least three areas, that I think we can all do something right now with. The first is at home. Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, grandmas, grandpas. Find three skills that you're good at that seem to be at the top of, of the list for you. And when you go about doing these in the context of your family, recognize this isn't just you. This is you serving others and glorifying God. Maybe it's organizing. How many wives need to organize their life of their husband, right? Uh, or the life of their children. Maybe it's uh, whatever skill set. Maybe it's uh, cleaning. Are you a good cleaner? I'm not a good cleaner. That doesn't mean I don't have a lot of practice. But I'm not a great cleaner because... My wife tells me when she comes back behind me, she's like, you missed this, this, and this, this, right? But whatever the skill set is, use it to glorify, to bless your, your family today, um, your children today. Uh, another one, of course, is, uh, is the workplace. This week, don't just go into work mode, right? Don't just go into work mode. Go in and understand you have a certain skill set, right? Um, Think of yourself as, uh, as the guy from Taken. I have a certain skill set, right? You have, you have a certain skill set and use it, <laughs> yeah, right? Intentionally on behalf of God to glorify God and glorify others. We, we are active in ministry everywhere we go. At work, at home, at play, um, everywhere we go. But a lot of times we, we roll back the intentionality because it's just life as normal. Um, you can use these abilities anywhere you go. Another one, of course, is church. Um, you know what? We have, how many people can drive? Just show of hands. I want to see them high. And stay right there. Now, keep them up. <laughs> keep up those hands. Let me see those hands. Okay. All right. How many of y'all know we have a van? We have a van. How many of you all know we need a driver? We need a driver. We can drive. If you can drive, and you've been driving for at least a little while, over 25 years old or 22 years old, I think it is, we need people to pick up people. What an awesome opportunity. You say, I don't have any skills. If you can push a pedal and steer, you have a skill set that this church needs. Amen? 
And that's no little task. There are people who don't hear the gospel every week because they don't have a right to church. Think about the significance of that statement. So, I know this is such an inspiring, and I have evidence. Um, so, this is such an inspiring sermon that everyone's going to come rushing to me. Matt, I will drive the van. Seriously, if, if you can and you're willing, uh, we will set you up with a hot rod of a van. It is awesome. <laughs> We need, we need someone to use their spiritual gift of transportation uh, to pick up people. And uh, I think, I think uh, that's a good example of one. And then, of course, um, your, use your spiritual, uh, or not your spiritual, but your abilities this week among your friends and among your, your small group. Um, be intentional about these things. Don't just go on, on automatic. Uh, spend some time thinking about your abilities. Uh, this week we're going to do that. Uh, this Wednesday, um, in the packet that I gave you guys uh, three weeks ago, there is a list of abilities that are on there. Um, spend some time this week looking at them, and then Wednesday we're going to get together and talk about our top three abilities that we believe we could use to bless others and to give glory to God. Really simple. But spend time this week thinking about three skill sets that you have to do just that. And the reason we do that. Lastly, it's because offering, it is the offering of our lives, not just our language, that God requires in worship. Amen. Have you ever thought about this? How much emphasis we place on meeting together corporately. And it's important, don't get me wrong. This is not the preacher saying it's not a big deal. It is a big deal to come together corporately, to gather together to worship God. But think about it. We do that twice. And the rest of the week, the Church of New Beginnings is spread out throughout uh, Cuyahoga and Lorain County. That's where the church is, out there. What that means, we need to do more than offer up the, the fruit of our lips. We need to offer up the fruit of our lives to God. It is our lives that God is listening for. In fact, I would, I would say... If all we're offering up our lips and not life consecrated, it's just lip service. Offer up our lips, the fruit of lips, but also our lives as a living sacrifice, Paul says in Romans 12. That's what I want us to do as we stand and as we end this morning with a reminder of us from a song that tells us that God is looking for more than lip service. He's looking for us to use our skills and our abilities in our homes, in our workplace, in our churches, in our small groups. Everywhere we are is ministry. And God has called us to a life of consecration. Let's sing this song. And the things I do make my life.
Sign my your name at the end of this day, knowing that my heart, is true. heart was true. That that'll be a goal for all of us every day. We will sit our head on the pillow, knowing that we gave it all to the Lord, and He'd be honored and be blessed by the by the contribution we made. We do that when Santa Poco, when we use our gifts to glorify God and make disciples. Amen. Let's go out with a blessing. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory and majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Be blessed, church.